Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 times 15. I'm not going to say all 15, but welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you know you are in the right place, and this is a very special place. If you're wishing and hoping, dreaming, and praying for a real-time crystal ball because you want that sneak peek at what 2018 just might bring for your company, your industry, and the world. Stick around for the next. Let's see. We've got uh, 54 minutes here. We've got the next best thing. Today, we are live December 13, 2017, and last week, December 6, and three weeks in January, 3, 10, and 17. You will hear predictions from more than 70, that's right, I'm counting them, 70 thought leaders sharing their lightning speed insights on what's coming down the pike on the technologies, the strategies, and the trends that can help you and your company grow and compete better in 2018 and beyond. We kind of call this annual special our predictions on steroids. We have 15 thought leaders today, 12, um, excuse me, 13 will be in person, and two have sent me their predictions in advance. So pour yourself a cup of Joe, a cup of Earl, a cup of Dom, if you dare, and join us for SAP's Game Changers Radio 2018 Prediction Special Part 2 Live. Let's get started. I usually start off with a quote. Let me pick one of a future quote. Here's one from C.S. Lewis, who lived from 1898 to 1963. The future is something which everyone reaches at the rate of 60 minutes an hour, Whatever he is, whoever he does, whatever he does, whoever he is. Very interesting. Yes, and we are bolting into the future. Let me tell you who my first segment guests are. First up in a moment, you'll be hearing from Jason Averbrook, co-founder and CEO of LeapGen, L-E-A-P-G-E-N, a global consultancy helping organizations shape their future workplace by adopting forward-looking workforce practices and fast innovating technologies personalized for their business. Sounds great. Joining him is Brian T. Kalish. He has a lively and ongoing consulting and advisory practice, but he also hosts FP&A roundtable meetings. He's all over the world, North America, Europe, Asia, and South America. In 2014, Brian earned the Global Certified Corporate FP&A Professional Designation. Third up on the panel is Stefan Gertzkin, my colleague at SAP. He's a Senior Director for Industry Solution Marketing Chemicals at SAP, responsible globally for driving industry thought leadership. He is a thought leader, strategic portfolio decisions and overall positioning and messaging. And not with us, but I have his predictions, is Torsten Welty, Global Vice President and Head of Aerospace and Defense. That's A&D at SAP. Uh, He has 25 years of experience and prior to SAP, he spent 12 years with Deloitte Consulting. So Jason Averbrook, delighted to have you on the air. We would love to have you no no pressure, Jason. We want you to kick off the show. So, Jason, why don't you spend two minutes telling me what you see in the crystal ball for 2018? Hey, Bonnie, thanks so much. It's great to be here. Um, I'd say there's really three key things, and I know that uh, we've got time limits, so we'll go real quick. The first is I think that organizations in 2018 stopped thinking about whether or not digital is the way to go but realize that they take the digital first mentality. So we stop rolling out capabilities of any type to the organization without thinking digital first. Uh, The workforce is ready. The organizations are ready. The technology is ready. There's no reason that we don't start with that digital first mentality. 
The, the second key prediction is that organizations really take a hard look and a really, really clear look in that crystal ball and say, we have to do better when it comes to workforce experience. Our customer experience outshadows our workforce experience in most organizations, something like 89 to 7, where organizations say 89% of them say our customer experience is better than our workforce experience. And while we might do a great job recruiting people, once they get into our organizations, the culture disappears. They, they go on the internet or portal and it's nothing but a link farm. They can't find what they're doing. So it looks great on the outside, but once they get inside, it's a whole different world. So how do we create that workforce experience? And I truly predict that technology, HR technology and workforce technology, really is going to be the intravenous that actually drives how HR and organizations deliver programs in the future. And I think the third thing, Bunny, that is a prediction is that we are in a dire crisis right now for digital skills in the workplace. When I say that, organizations don't have enough storytellers. They don't have enough persona or user-designed people who think about how do I design for the workforce versus these functional departments, and we've got too many people that still think in silos. So I think if we take those three, digital first, a focus on the experience, and lastly, a real, real emphasis on what are the skills I need to be digital, 2018 is going to be a crazy year for organizations. Wow, Jason, what a great way to open the show. I'm tweeting madly. I think I got it all. We have to do a shout out to my SAP blogger extraordinaire colleague, Jacqueline Prouse, who is listening, and she will be tweeting bits and pieces of these. Thank you, Jason. Wow. Stand by. We're going to ask you what your favorite holiday beverage is in a minute. Brian T. Kalish, you are up. Let's hear your predictions, Brian. Well, great. Uh, pleasure to be here with you uh, this morning, Bonnie. First of all, Thank let's, you. let's look slightly backwards, which is 2017 was a great year. Um, but as we look at 2018, we just see the magnitude and velocity of change is going to just continue to increase. We live in a world of very high volca, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. And I truly believe we're in a transformational time. So, you know, looking at 18, I think FP&A, which is financial planning and analysis teams, will continue to focus on optimizing business performance and strategic activities, providing insights and foresights to their business partners and organizations, and will continue to spend less time on low-value, no-value activities. Really, the advances in technologies we've experienced over the past 20 years are just going to continue to improve and permit us to be really more efficient at what's important, which is acquiring data, converting that data into information, transforming that information into knowledge, and then leveraging that knowledge to permit us to make better, faster, smarter decisions that will permit our organizations really to thrive. We're really going to see continued automation, which is really permitting us to streamline our processes. It's interesting, McKinsey came out with a study recently that showed very broadly 55 to 60% of finance parentheses activities can be automated, but only 5% of the people, which is really telling us we're not utilizing our people the way that we should. You know, one of the ways that we're going to be able to help folks is that we're going to have more robust uh, EPM, which is Enterprise Performance Management. This is really permitting us, you know, the collection and migration of data to become much safer and ensuring a greater degree of control over our numbers, which moves us closer to what is considered the holy grail, which is that single version of the truth, which when we have that, which is really going to just reduce our overall risk. Automation is going to continue you know, to dramatically uh, reduce redundancies, and that's just going to drive our costs lower. Um, 
I think you're going to see much more dynamic planning and integrated reporting, much better communications. You know, frameworks like IBCH, which is the International Business Communication Standards, will become more standard. Uh, you're going to see more department uh, departmental uh, uh, diversity. And I would really say my big thing is embrace change. Get out there, read, move my cheese. It's a big world. It keeps changing, and those that embrace change are going to be the ones that succeed. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Brian. We, I like to call this predictions on steroids, and you proved it true. Stefan Gertzkin, happy to have you on board. Stefan, you're up. What do you see in the crystal ball? Thanks, uh, Bonnie, for having me on that call again. So, um, yeah, looking into the chemical industry, um, actually I see three major trends um, driving that industry in 2018. So first, it's accelerated globalization. Supply center is shifting due to the advent of shale gas in the U.S. or coal in China. So also demand centers are shifting thanks to a rapidly growing middle class in the emerging countries. In addition, what we see is new market entrants drive shrinking life cycles and rapid commoditization of products. Second, it's, it's uh, the whole circular economy which is coming up. Key raw materials are getting scarce. Regulatory requirements exponentially increase as the environmental impact of emissions and waste becomes more and more evident. So chemical companies are seen here in the driver's seat to respond to this. Third, it's all about digital technologies which drive an unprecedented wave of innovation. Besides mobility, cloud, or memory computing, the Internet of Things, machine learning, blockchain, and big data analytics start acting as game changers for the chemical industry. So all these three trends coming together, um, uh, creating a perfect storm for the chemical industry and challenging existing strategies. Customer and feedstock proximity, intellectual property, and technology know-how may no longer secure a sustainable competitive advantage. The early adopters of innovative business models have the unique opportunity to act as game changers or digital disruptors. So what innovative business models are emerging for chemicals? First, companies will start to adopt strategic agility, the need to rapidly transform product and service portfolios in response to dynamically changing market but also stakeholder needs will continue unabated in 2018. Preparing for ongoing mergers, acquisitions, and divestitures will be a critical success factor. Second, we see more and more companies going beyond their traditional value chains and start competing as entire ecosystems. Such ecosystems are presently built around hot topics like, for example, precision farming or the circular economy. Third, we will see companies become more and more customer-centric and focus on selling business outcomes instead of products. In that context, just think about delivering first-pass quality products instead of paints, coatings, or reactive resin components. Fourth, companies will get another push towards operational excellence and business process automation. With earlier mentioned digital technologies becoming scalable and hence commercially feasible, companies can now realize concepts like, for example, lights-out manufacturing or touchless auto-fulfillment. However, to enable these innovative business models, a fourth-generation platform is a foundation for business processes and IT infrastructure, as well as having the right skills in your workforce, will be pivotal to success. Stefan, thank you very much. Wow, I was trying to follow as best I could. You've got a lot of keywords and there are a lot of buzzwords. I'm going to take a second here to read predictions I received from Torsten Welty at SAP, who could not be with us. He's on a plane right now. Hard to get a connection to a live radio show from an airplane. So here we go. The aerospace industry, he says, I predict commercial airplane business will see very cool new products and innovations. 
There will be releases of electronic large-scale aircrafts, more developments in biofuel. We'll see the first legitimate applications of large-scale autonomous air taxis in flight, not just one-seaters, and there will be hypersonic aircraft. Number two, in the defense world, we'll see announcements that much of the Department of Defense's data will move to the cloud. If you question cloud security, you will be proven wrong. Cybersecurity is taking cloud security to new levels. The advancement of security within the cloud will allow DOD to bring together all the data Use it more efficiently and effectively. Security in the cloud will be a big topic, and many people will be surprised by the possibilities. Then he goes on within the space industry. Excitement to another level. The U.S. Space Council rebooted after 21 years. The journey to Mars is closer than we thought. We'll see innovations and developments to send humans to Mars and the moon. 2018 will reignite our imagination around space travel, similar to what several of us experienced in the late 1960s. There will be burgeoning space companies. And overall, innovation cycles will be dramatically shortened in the digital world. Get this. We'll see robots being trained in the virtual world within days instead of months or years. Increased speed and innovations is only possible because because of digital capabilities reflected by a digital twin capturing necessary data. We'll see digital design, test certifications, manufacturing, collaboration, training, and operation of equipment within aerospace will be the norm in 2018. And he says he hopes everyone has an exciting, innovative, and spacey year in 2018. Let me go back quickly. Jason Everbrook, what is your favorite holiday drink? What will be in your cup this holiday? I love the skinny ginger... I love the skinny gingerbread latte. So uh, it's going to sound a little boring, but that's going to be what's in my cup, Bonnie. Doesn't sound boring at all. I think I have some ginger cologne on me today, and it's delicious, so why not drink? <laughs> Brian T. Kalish, what are you drinking this holiday? Well, it hasn't changed from the last time we spoke. You know, it's the same thing I asked for as a present, which is a nice bottle of port. Mm, you have a favorite brand? You want to give me a label fast? Oh, we we go Sandberg's. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. That's a good recommendation. Stefan Gerskin, what will you be drinking over the holiday? Well, I think I stick, stick to my good old habit and enjoy a, a nice glass of red wine, Italian or French. Um, pretty heavy, that's what I like. Okay, thank you, gentlemen, and thank you to Torsten Wealthy for sending us his predictions. I think we really rock predictions. Jackie Prouse, you're going to have a lot of good stuff to write about. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're expecting predictions from Brenda J. Cooper, Yvette Cameron, Louisa Silva, and Tom Foley. So you know the drill. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Have a sip of something because we're smiling here. Okay, Aaron, out. business you'll find the experts here voice america business network 
The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Yes, indeed. Predictions for 2018 on steroids. Segment two of our lively part two today. Today, I'm going to tell you who my panelists are, and then we'll dive right in. Brenda J. Cooper is a science fiction writer. She's a futurist and the CIO of the city of Kirkland, Washington. That's Washington State. Her most recent novel is Wilders, which explores climate impacts, robotics, smart cities, and rewilding. Her most recent short story is part of the XPRIZE Foundation Seat 14C online anthology about a plane that skips 20 years into the future on its way to SFO. Joining her on the panel is Yvette Cameron. Yvette, I have to say you've been tweeting for days about this and getting quite a following. I am impressed. Yvette is with SAP Success Factors. She has over 30 years of experience in the HCM industry, designing, developing, communicating, and managing HCM tech solutions. She was most recently at Gartner. And this year, Yvette was recognized by Glassdoor as what, well, not this year, this was 2015, I guess, 2015 HR recruiting thought leaders to follow. Congratulations on that. Joining us also is Luisa Silva. Luisa is the Global Director of Go-To-Market and Market Enablement for the SAP Startup Focus Program. She directly influences the growth and success of high-potential startups in the program portfolio. She has supported millions and millions of euros of revenue for SAP that involves startups. And rounding out the panel, our lone male speaker, Tom Foley. You can hold your own on this one. Tom is the Global Health Solutions Strategy Manager for Lenovo Health. He is focused on coupling technology with workflows and stakeholders across the continuum of care. Interesting, Tom's career started as a lead system programmer in the national automation of the UPS telephone center, taking them from paper to electronic and prototyping the first package confirmation device. And I think we thank you for that, Tom. So Brenda J. Cooper, our science fiction writer and official futurist today. Brenda, look into the crystal ball. Welcome and tell me what do you see? Go ahead, Brenda. All right. First, I just love Trevor's space-based piece. I'm going to talk about that a little bit because I think we're beginning to enter sort of a space race energy time on climate change. And I think that this is the year that we're going to bend the curve um, and really begin to see significant changes that five years from now, we're going to look back on 2018 and realize that that's what really made the difference. And I think those primary actors include governments. And I think here that cities, a lot of our big cities are really active in this area. Some of our states, corporations, investors, large NGOs, individuals, there's a lot of people making a lot of change here. Um, We're seeing a lot of innovation economy in this area, a lot of small startups and bigger companies, of course, like Musk, um, Tesla, and SolarCity. I think that the 
price of renewables is going to continue to fall. It has already fallen much faster than predicted in um, solar and in wind, and I think the demand is rising. And, of course, as a city CIO, I do a lot of research on smart cities. And as I do that research on smart cities, I see when we're talking about smart streets and beautiful green spaces, we're also talking about biophilic design, which is where you sort of combine the natural world and the built environment. And we're talking a lot about efficiency and reusability. And with so many people moving into cities, we're really able to live much more efficiently together. So I think, you know, once more, all of this is really going to help us bend the curve on um, climate change in 2018 is going to be key to that. Thank you, Brenda. Very, very interesting. Glad you brought smart cities into that. And now, Yvette Cameron, you're next. Yvette, what do you see coming in 2018? Well, thanks, Bonnie. And, and I've got to say, I listened to the predictions of other folks, and they're really, really exciting, all the things that companies are going to be doing. But my predictions are really more about how are companies going to ensure the success of their workforce. So my first prediction is based on um, some momentum we've seen in recent years, but really fueled by some of the actions and revelations we've seen throughout this past 2017. So that first prediction is that we are going to see a significant, a significant refocus on the cultural aspects of organizations and specifically how that company culture and its practices support the needs and the well-being of the organization. So well-being in the past, when people talk about it, you think, oh, it's a contribution to my HSA, it's a gym, it's the, and, and good food in, in, the, uh, in the cafeteria. But well-being is so much more than that. And companies are realizing that if they don't have a culture and the practices that are going to support a healthy, a productive environment for their workers, they're not going to reach the, the, the goals, all these wonderful predictions that we're hearing here um, on the show. So uh, well-being is going to be a huge focus driving the company culture, and it's not just physical well-being. It's mental, it's emotional, it's financial well-being. It's about the well-being of relationships that people have and having a strong, supportive culture between managers and employees, peer-to-peer, employees-to-customers, and so forth. And I think a big part of well-being is also about ensuring inclusive cultures and diversity, recognizing the talents of your entire workforce, um, regardless of the the various uh, differences they bring to the table, and actually not regardless, but because of the differences. We know that decisions and strategies are much better informed when you've got a broad, diverse set of opinions. And so companies, as they're focusing on well-being, will also be focusing on how do they adopt more inclusive policies And we're going to see the leverage of technology to support that. The final second uh, prediction I just want to mention, it seems unrelated, but actually it's very related. It's about chatbots. We have uh, seen a tremendous rise in the use of chatbots in the commercial side of business. But within our enterprises, more and more companies are going to be deploying digital assistance, chatbots, to really transform the way that they're engaging with employees. Um, And this isn't uh, inconsistent with the previous cultural changes I just mentioned about well-being and inclusivity. Many, many people want to engage intelligently. They want to be taken quickly to their actions. And oftentimes, they don't even want to engage with a HR technology system, right? They're looking to engage uh, in a much more uh, efficient way. So I think chatbots are going to be huge, and it's all part of a, a cultural transformation. 
Wow, that's a lot. Thank you, Yvette. I'm very intrigued with chatbots. Just got my first Echo Dot last week, and I try to wake up and say good morning to Alexa. She always gives me a little history lesson, and I actually set my alarm this morning. I asked her to play wake-up music. It was not my taste in music, but it was good wake-up music. So there, I'll have to train her a little better. Thank you, Yvette. Louisa Silver, happy to have you on, Louisa. Go ahead, two minutes, and love to have your predictions. Thank you, Bonnie. So my predictions are as follows. So today, the first one, today data is key, but tomorrow real-time data will be core in most industries. And the second one is how people and companies leverage that data will continue to transform at high speed, and it will shape the way we work, the way we consume, and the way we live overall, okay? The third one is, uh, continuing uh, that artificial intelligence, machine learning, IoT, and blockchain together will enable new business models and create new markets driven by startups and agile corporates that can um, embrace this uh, trend and understand the, the potential value propositions that can come out of it. The fourth one is about um, robots and chatbots and everything that has a bot um, in front of it. And uh, that is connected to the future of work. And that means that the future of work will um, catch up with the present in beat time. And uh, the robots, chatbots will accelerate their penetration into uh, first low qualification jobs, but uh, um, very quickly also to high qualification jobs. Uh, whether in areas of manufacturing, health, food and beverage, retail, or, or um, travel and transportation. So let's wait and see. The sixth one is about cities, and uh, it's um, uh, about how cities will accelerate their digital transformation journey, shaping the, the experiences within uh, their boundaries to the citizens that live in those cities. And... Um, <clears throat> and also to the security requirements that today's reality um, require. So the, the seven and last one uh, is about uh, um, the corporate uh, transformation itself. So coming from the startup uh, engagement world, I believe that uh, um, for the past two years, two, three years, corporates have uh, accelerated in learning how to uh, uh, leverage and engage the power that startups bring in terms of uh, fast innovation. And I believe that as a prediction, corporates, we will start seeing um, a number of leading corporates that will become um, startup-like. Let's call it like that. And I will leave it at this. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you. Wonderful predictions, Louisa. I can tell you put a lot of thought into it, as did our other panelists. Mr. Tom Foley, I have saved time for you. Tom, love to hear what you see in the healthcare world or anything you want to talk about. Tom Foley, all yours. Awesome. Thank you for having me again. Uh, I'm going to speak specifically about healthcare, and, I, and I'm referring to the year of 2018 as the year of realization. Uh, the realization is that hopefully Congress will realize that healthcare reform is not centered on payment reform because the only thing that does is take money out of my pocket as a consumer and takes money out of the provider's pocket as the delivery of care. Ultimately, uh, the transformation and the realization is, is that reform has to take place on the delivery of care side, and hence uh, virtual care, uh, uh, telehealth, remote monitoring, the home becoming a center of care as opposed to the brick-and-mortar facilities 
will be a big uh, a big effort in uh, 2018. Coupled with that, uh, the realization will be that uh, wellness is not achieved in the hospital and wellness is not achieved in the doctor's office. Wellness is actually achieved at home. It's the behaviors of the uh, consumer, the patient, that ultimately helps manage uh, chronic conditions and, and or maintain wellness. So leveraging consumer-facing technology, some of the bots that we talked about and, and other uh, pieces of technology will become front and center. So a combination of virtual care, how do we engage, as well as customer uh, consumer-facing technologies will be a big part of the delivery of care elements um, in 2018. And I will add uh, that the realization is that while we talk a lot about cybersecurity, and cybersecurity is uh, obviously very critical in healthcare relative to the prevention of a breach of very sensitive data, the realization is that we also have to protect how is it and, or prevent how they potentially use the data once it is breached, once the data is stolen. We all, experts will say, it's not a matter of if a breach will occur, it's a matter of when a breach occurs. So how do we mitigate the use of the data so that it ultimately prevents the interest of, of, of attempting a, bre a breach in and of itself? So those are the uh, those are the things the the points of realization that I think will come to in uh, 2018, and I think if we do achieve that, uh, we'll we'll trans will help transform. Uh, 2018 will be a transformative year relative to the healthcare market. Thank you. You hit on so many important points, important to all of us, especially the security aspects, Tom, and, and we all hope if we share information, it will not be stolen and misused. I like the fact that you talked about mitigating the use of that private data and what happens because we know there will be breaches. Thank you. Reality check there. I have just a moment to ask my four panelists on this segment, what are you planning to drink over the holidays? Favorite beverage time? Brenda J. Cooper, what's going to be in your cup or your mug during the holiday? Tell me fast. I actually love a little tiny ounce of black sambuca in the evening before bed. Mm. Ooh, sounds good. Yvette Cameron, what's going to be in your cup for the holiday? Always a classic, hot Mexican chocolate. Ooh, do you have pepper in that? Is there a little pepper to make the chocolate? Tell me, yes? Absolutely. A little chili pepper goes a long ways. Oh, I got to get the chili pepper out. Okay, thank you. I'm in North Carolina. I moved from New York about four months ago, and I thought it would be milder. Well, we had a couple of inches of almost snow. It disappeared fast, but it's in the 20s in the morning, Yvette. I think I'm going to have to a little bit of chili pepper to my hot chocolate. Louisa Silva, what's going to be? <laughs> thank you for the thank you for the advice, <laughs> Louisa Silva. What's going to be in your cup over the holidays? Uh, so in my cup, it's going to be Christmas tisane from Daman Frères. It's a very warm and um, uh, rewarding uh, drink. Thank you very much. Drink up. And Tom Foley, last but of course not least, what are you going to be drinking? I'm, gonna, I'm a boring guy. Stick with the classic gin and tonic sapphire gin. I doubt you're a boring guy. It didn't sound like it to me. Thank you very much. So thank you, Brenda, Yvette, Louisa, and Tom. Happy holidays to you. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I'm still drinking only water right now, but I think there'll be chili pepper in my hot chocolate tomorrow morning. We'll be right back in about 90 seconds. We have Heather Ashton, Barbara O'Kane, Matt Singer, and I've got uh, predictions in advance from our traveling panelist, Kenny Hawk. So we'll be right back. Aaron out. 
comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are. This is our prediction special, our five-week special. This is week two, part two live. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, enjoying the predictions from our wonderful panelists calling in from all over the world. And on this segment, let me tell you who our special guests are. First up, Heather Ashton. She's been a mainstay of our Future of Cars with Game Changers series all last year, this year, and we're hoping to have her back. Heather is a research manager at IDC Manufacturing Insights. She leads the Service Innovation and Connected Product Strategy Service. That's a big title, Heather. Focusing on how manufacturers are applying transformational technology like IoT, Internet of Things, to aftermarket service in their efforts to increase customer centricity. Joining her on the panel is Barbara O'Kane, SAP Success Factors Global Strategic Advisor. Barbara didn't settle on one career, she settled on a whole bunch of them. She has been a CHRO for multinational organizations. She's a psychologist, she's a board member, she's a court appointed mediator, she has worked at SAP, Siemens, Time Warner, and LexisNexis. She has a JD, that's a law degree, and she received the John Philip Lynn Labor Arbitration Law Award and the American Jurisprudence Law Labor, Labor Law Award. And now our third panelist up is Matt Singer. He started at the ripe age of 24 selling on QVC, the Home Shopping Network. He sold more than 500,000 products, and he realized the vast power of that kind of information channel. He has produced TV and music projects for, get this, George Clooney, James Earl Jones, Paul McCartney, be still my heart. I was a Beatlemaniac, Matt. You weren't even born yet. <laughs> Billy Joel, Ray Charles, and the New York Philharmonic. He has a, graduated from Yale. I have a lot of relatives at Yale, Phi Beta Kappa, and Summa Cum Laude, and he is the CEO of a company called Video delicious so and our fourth panelist isn't with us but i will be reading his very short to the point predictions it's kenny hawk from mojio m-o-j-i-o it's his sixth time as a ceo he has led teams at many companies he won the gsma innovator of the year award and he has sold over one billion dollars in mobile power accessories and he is a was a semi-pro teenage skateboard champion there you go and you can still do a handstand while riding heather ashton you're up first heather so happy to have you on board here. Heather, what's your prediction, please? Well, Bonnie, I, I don't want to disappoint you, so I have to talk about connected cars. <laughs> so um, if we look ahead a year, I, I want to uh, make a prediction around remote operations of trucks and vehicles. So we spoke about this one on one of our Future of Cars episodes this mm-hmm. season, and I, I really see the coming year, 2018, as this moving forward and spreading beyond semi-trailers into personal vehicles. So remote control vehicles are coming, and sooner than we think. 
consider the passenger vehicles that have level three autonomy capabilities. A few of them have recently announced. Um, Tesla has been announced for a while, but the Audi A8 now and the Cadillac CT6. So all of them have onboard assistance for remote support and emergency roadside service. Now, imagine the ability for the remote support to assume control of the car in an emergency situation and safely direct the car to the side of the road. Um, back to the semi-trucks on our interstate highways, uh, many of you may have noticed So Tesla recently announced autonomous semi-truck prototypes. Uh, I really expect in 2018 we'll see further test drives and deliveries to prove the efficacy of the autonomous trucks. Although, again, I see it being more of a hybrid model where there'll be control centers that remotely manage the vehicle's operation and can respond to situations to ensure safety. Now, what I'm really waiting for is the time in a few years when I'm on a long drive and I feel myself getting drowsy or, more likely, my car senses that I'm drowsy, so it engages monitored autonomous driving mode where my car is being monitored while it is in level three autonomy to protect me and ensure the safe operation of the vehicle. Yeah, they're wow. I, I expected something with cars, and I was certainly hoping because nobody has touched on that yet. So that's why you're here. Thank you, Heather. And we hope that if you get drowsy, something safe will take over and get you to your destination, especially if it's in Boston. No comment. Barbara O'Kane, SAP Success Factors. You are up next, Barbara. What do you see in the crystal ball? Tell me. Well, thanks so much, Bonnie. And, and that really woke me up about the self-driving cars. But, I, um, you know, with my background in HR and, and law, you know, guess what I'm going to talk about. So, uh, but this is going to apply to a lot of us. And I think the next year is going to be completely topsy-turvy from the standpoint of what's going on in the, <clears throat> in the EU and the U.K. Because that whole Brexit process, as Tom ticks down, um, you know, the U.K. is supposed to depart in March of 2019. And, uh, and there just hasn't been progress on the, uh, on the, the main issues about the UK's departure. And so, um, there was supposed to be a gathering of EU leaders last week and, uh, mm-hmm. it was supposed to be the moment when the talks would advance. But instead, they told, uh, Prime Minister, uh, Theresa May that the EU wants a, I'll call it a divorce settlement of about 60 billion euros, which is about $71 billion, if any of us, you know, can get their heads wrapped around that. And uh, the UK's offer so far is about a third of that. That's a real problem. So uh, I'm thinking lawmakers may not be able to vote on the final terms of, of the company's departure from the EU before the split actually happens in March of, ni- of 2019. And I think negotiations are going to go down to the wire. I think there's going to be a high-pressure game of brinksmanship that uh, that ends up just collapsing, you know, the, the negotiations um, if, if May refuses to pay that amount of money. And an acrimonious collapse in the negotiations could, in the worst-case scenario, be so bloody that both sides are looking to knock chunks out of each other and start a trade war. Now, add to all this um, mm-hmm. the uh, Global Data Protection Regulation, the, the GDPR, and Tom Foley was talking about this somewhat, and so, you know, adding to the nastiness and the uncertainty uh, is the fact that, that uh, the GDPR becomes effective in this year, in May of 2018, and businesses are just now starting to wake up to the reality that most of them have to totally revamp their personal data security systems, the processing, the storage, et cetera. And if they employ any EU citizens, that, that you've got a complete mm-hmm. year of unrest for HR and businesses with EU connections. And, of course, this affects the stock market, trade negotiations, and the health of business worldwide. So I'm not being very um, very optimistic this year about what's going on over there, but stay tuned because I, I just think it's going to be a, a blur, a whirlwind of, uh, of, of legal acrimony over there. 
Thank you very much. That's an interesting look at the world. Matt Singer, Mr. Videolicious, and I'm going to call you Mr. QVC. I'm just giving you that title. <laughs> Matt Singer, we loved having you on one of our shows. I think you want to think big, work small, and the episode was called Look Ma, I'm on Video, and you shared with Lorraine Maurice and Jay Maurice and me, you shared ideas on how companies can use very low-cost self-made videos for direct with customers as well as on social media. I remember it well. So, Matt, what are your predictions? Well, thanks again, Bonnie, for having me. And, uh, yeah, great predictions to you from the other folks, uh, Barbara uh, and Heather and, and the others in the program. So, you know, I'm just thinking, of course, about, about the implications for video overall. But, you know, looking back, when you, when you track technology trends in enterprise, especially over the last 10 years, I think everyone acknowledges that consumer technology behavior is a leading indicator of enterprise technology behavior. So you think about you know, the original creation of social networks, and then we have the rise of enterprise social network apps like Jive or Yammer, and after the rise of consumer messaging apps like WhatsApp, you know, we had the rise of messaging apps in the enterprise like Slack. So when we look at what consumer technology trends keep heating up this year can give us a leading indicator for next year, Every month, there's a new staggering statistic related to consumer adoption of online video. I love the stat. I think it just came out yesterday uh, where Netflix announced uh, that their users are watching over 1 billion hours of content per week. That's just amazing. And what that means is, is video will, in turn, continue to grow in the enterprise. Um, and since video has such broad applications, you know, the continued rise of video in the enterprise means many things. Uh, of course, we'll see a continuation of the use of video to promote products to new features, you know, with high-end video, but areas where video has been previously underutilized, like personalized video sales pitches, videos for every job posting, uh, personalized video for customer success outreach, uh, regular cadences of executive internal video messaging. These areas will definitely continue to grow. So in short, uh, video is everywhere outside of the workplace, so it's inevitable that it will be everywhere inside of the workplace, especially in 2018. And, and in the end, that means you know big improvements in the ability for people to leverage videos, power to emotionally engage an audience. You know because you can just connect way better with the power of video, not just words, but you know tone and body language. And as video rises in the enterprise, so does the power to connect and engage digitally and scalably. Thank you, Matt. Great predictions. And I have four very quick predictions from Mr. Kenny Hawk, who couldn't join us today. He says, number one, Bitcoin will drop by 50% from January 1st to December 31st, 2018. You heard it not from me. That's Kenny Hawk. Number two, his company, Mojio, M-O-J-I-O, will pass 2 million subscribers globally. Okay, a little company focus there. And he says there will be more ICOs than IPOs in 2018. And here's a sports prediction. It's okay. Michigan will beat Ohio State in football. I don't know where that came from. So let's quickly go around the table really fast as the French say, Vite, Vite. Heather Ashton, what's going to be in your cup? What are you drinking for the holidays? Tell me fast. Prosecco with uh, pink limoncello, and you float a few pomegranate seeds in there. Oh, wow. Very interesting. It sounds pretty, actually. And Barbara O'Kane, what will you be drinking over the holidays? 
Well, holy smokes, I liked her idea. I was just heading for the limoncello <laughs> later on this evening, and of course, that's your air quotes, medicinal purposes only. <laughs> of course, of course. Thank you very much. Matt Singer, what are you predicting? What, what's in the video of what's in your cup for the holidays, Matt? I think I'm going to stick to Chocolatino Nespresso over about 12 ice cubes, nice and fresh and cool. Ooh, that sounds good. I don't have a drink from Kenny. I don't have it here in my notes, but I'm going to tell you that I'll be drinking something stronger than the water, which is all they let me have here. In my, I have a beautiful mug today, though. I want to wish the four, the three of you plus Kenny happy holidays. Thanks for being with us. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, three more panelists to round out this part two. We have a lot more predictions, so don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. And let's get Aaron Oh. business you'll find the experts here voice america business network the time for enterprise mobility is now according to idc by 2013 over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology comprising 34.9 percent of the workforce the impact of mobility on business is clear increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision making in real time no matter where they are SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at twitter hashtag s-a-p-r-a-d-i-o now let's get back to coffee break with game changers here we are this is the fourth segment of the part two of predictions on steroids 2018 i'm still bonnie d graham and let me tell you who my panelists are in this segment. Tim Hughes is a transformational leader, best-selling author, and top 10 social media influencer. He's the author of the best-selling book, quote, Social Selling Techniques to Influence Buyers and Change Makers. He is the co-founder of Digital Leadership Associates, helping companies make a transformational move to embrace digital and social. And why not? Joining him on the panel, and to borrow a phrase from the old stockbroker advertising campaign, uh, it used to be when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen, well, we like to say when Jeff Hattendorf speaks, people listen, and we know it's true. He's the CEO and co-founder of MacroSpect. Jeff's experience includes financial services, oil and gas, transportation, healthcare, pharmaceuticals, technology. He's a former National Merit Scholar and current member of Mensa. Jeff, I want to know if my old men, but Mensa membership still holds because I was a member for a year and never renewed, but I think it's lifetime. And rounding out our segment here is Laz Uriza, Senior Solution Principal for the SAP Extended Supply Chain Center of Excellence. That's a big business card. He has experience in the Internet of Things, business analytics, supplier-customer relationship management, and enterprise mobility. And I'm going to stop there. And Tim Hughes, you are up. I can give you two minutes for predictions. Tim, it's all yours. Go ahead. Thanks, Bonnie. Um, I really appreciate you having me back on the show. Um, Bonnie, you can probably tell from my accent that I'm not American, so I'm actually based in London. 
Um, the big thing that's certainly going to hit us uh, here in Europe and will hit every U.S. company selling into Europe is GDPR, which will uh, come into play in May of next year. And really, that's about the fact that data has grown up. Um, we're not able to actually spray around people's details like confetti. We're actually going to have to prove and uh, uh, prove that the people have actually opted in. So people like Weatherspoons, and, uh, who are one of the biggest pub uh, companies in uh, Europe, and ourselves, we've actually deleted all of our email database because we're not prepared to actually go uh, any further and actually use all that, all that uh, data because we can't prove that the people have actually opted in. So we're actually seeing across uh, Europe email uh, uh, marketing falling away, and we're certainly seeing or it's predicted that 40% of organizations are going to do something similar in, in terms of changing or deleting their email database. Um, that changes sales because it, what, what, what generally happens at the moment is that we're in a situation where we find somebody, they may look on the website and we email them. We can't just do that now. We can't just keep pushing people down the pipe. We've actually got to change sales and move sales from, from push to pull. So that's going to have a big impact on European companies and any company selling into Europe. The next prediction is around intent data. And that's really about how people are using social in a different way today. So, for example, if you get up in the morning and you want to drive to work and you have a flat battery, probably the first thing that you're going to do is to go onto social and tell people to do that. Now, if, if you're selling batteries or jump leads or you've got a, uh, a, a, a company that can actually um, get you started in the morning, then that's an intent. You want to be out there actually listening for these things because people are actually leaving this, this, this trail. Um, and so what we're seeing is that... Um, Different parts of intent are being leaved, left on social at different parts of the at different times of the funnel, and what we're able to do is actually listen for this intent or listen for this in surge data. And it may be that someone's looking for a, an HR system or an ERP system. We can hear that, and and as an organisation, if we pick up on that, we can respond. Um, and the third thing is really about account-based intelligence, which is about you know we're living in a world of consensus selling. Um, CEB say that, you know, for most B2B organizations, big companies, it requires 6.8 people to make a decision. In the tech world, it's probably something more like 8 or 10. And so what we need to do is when we find this search or this intent data is actually use something like Sales Navigator, for example, to actually find not just that one individual, but also the other 8 or 10 people that may actually make a decision and then actually nurture those people, connect with those people on search or as we're not able to actually keep um, uh, emailing them through GDPR, and we actually need to build up trust and, um, and, uh, and, and have a conversation with them, and that's how we can actually engage early um, and actually get, get into um, and sell things before our competition. Thank you, so Tim. Really I need to move quickly. I need to move to yeah, Jeff sure. Hattendorf. We've got three minutes left till the end of the show. Jeff Hattendorf, I give you 90 seconds. I'm so sorry, but give me fast predictions. Go ahead, Jeff. No worries. A couple quick hitters. One, Based upon your last segment, Texas will beat Oklahoma finally in football. <laughs> Two, Bonnie, you're not going to renew your membership in Mensa. Even though you're qualified and, and you're very bright, I don't think you're going to fork over the dollars to the organization. Three, and really in my wheelhouse, yes. I think we're going to see a much more aggressive adoption of information technology and, and the, the adoption of big data in the office of the CFO. And really that's moving more towards where I think we're going to be in 2023, 2025, as you, as you watch all the holiday stories about Alexa and Siri and we see the funny memes and the, the joke about, 
you know, they, they bought, uh, Amazon bought, uh, Central Market by accident when Jeff Bezos said, hey, Amazon, give me something from Central Market. Right, Jeff, buying Central Market or Whole Foods Market. What we're going to see, I think, in 2023 to 2025 is rather than an army of people with spreadsheets, we're going to be dealing with voice. And an executive sitting in the office is going to go, hey, Alexa, what's the margin today on the sales in in the Northeast Quadrant or the sales in the Pacific Rim or the sales in Europe? And you're going to get an answer from an intelligent assistant that is reading tens of millions of records. So we're going to move away from the things we've done in the past, and we're, we're, we're at the very beginning stages. So it's, next year is all about the early adoption and the laying the foundation for where we're going to be in five to seven years. Thank you. Wonderful. I like that about digital assistants who are intelligent instead of spreadsheets. Lazarus, you get the last 90 seconds. Go ahead. Perfect. And I'm going to use this time to counter... Uh, and basically build on what I just heard, right? I think the biggest uh, prediction for next year is going to be cybersecurity, right? We're growing uh, exponentially in, in, uh, in software and technology and connected devices and ways to communicate through the Internet, and it's, it's so eager that we're not growing our security systems in the same fashion. So we desperately need to get those protocols and those security measures in place because when we think about it, with the launching of IPv6 and all these new connected devices that are coming out, there are new potential threats to uh, cybercrime. So we need to be on par with our development and the way that we are growing as a connected world and have the safeguards in place to make sure that nothing is going to happen. Because we've seen this year a lot of different uh, data threats with uh, ransomware, with what happened in... Uh, uh, in Equifax and so forth, that we need to make sure that we have the right safety in in place for all the new technology that is coming up forward, and we need to make sure that it's on par so we can uh, guarantee a, like, a safe transition and make sure that we get the best of uh, the technology that is coming for us, but also be safe and be sure that we can do it with without any uh, implications of, of, of threat to our social security or our information or even our, our safety to some extent. So my thank you, Laz. for this year is security. Thank you. I like that. That seems to be a theme that's popped up. Tim, use one word. What are you drinking over the holidays? One word. Ginger, ginger mojito. Okay. Jeff Hattendorf, what are you drinking over the holidays? Eggnog with rum. Oh, good. I'll be there. Laz, your reason. What are you drinking over the holidays? Uh, hot toddies, even though it's 80 degrees in Southern California. I love it. Boo hiss. It's 22 this morning here in Durham, North Carolina. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Happy, happy, happy holidays to all of our listeners around the world from everyone here at Game Changers Radio. That's mostly me. I want to thank my wonderful 15 panelists, 13 live, two remotely sent me their predictions. You're all wonderful. I wish everybody a happy, healthy, very productive and positive 2018. We'll be back with uh, part three of predictions on January 3rd. So have a good holiday. We'll be back right after the new year, and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt, but have a little fun on the way to wherever you're going. Don't drink and drive. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Hugs to everyone for being our loyal listeners all year long, and we'll talk to you in the new year on the other side. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. 
The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.